Friday afternoon, this is the muster. Before we wrap up for the week, we are catching up with Patrick Lewis. Uh, Paddy, g'day, how's things? Good afternoon, Andrew, how are you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Uh, yourself, how's your week been? Oh, just continuing to live the dream, mate. This beautiful Southland dream that we have. Now, has it been that good, or has it been putting a trolley on the Balclutha Bridge good? Oh, mate, I tell you what, I um, they must have got the... So for people who came late, a, a trolley mysteriously left the Countdown Supermarket car park in Belclutha some point, well, I think it was 5.30 on Sunday morning, and it ended up on the very top of one of the spans of the uh, Clutha River Bridge, which logistically, I've been trying to work out how they did it, and um, and it must have been a hell of an effort. But anyway, of course, uh, <laughs> the powers that be got very upset about this and uh, decided they had to get a crane in to get it down. Now, I drove through there on Tuesday morning. I don't often look at the, the top of the bridge, but um, I think I probably would have noticed that. But instead of getting a crane in, why didn't they just go in the spirit of these young fellows who... Did, it did appear that they were easily identifiable on the CCTV footage. Get them back. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you just go in the spirit of those guys and you either fire another trolley up there to knock it down <laughs> or shoot it down or even better, get the young kids, you know, like at, uh, at basketball, you see people taking the three-point you know, three shot from the halfway line for $100. Yeah. Get a whole lot of kids down there with basketballs and try and knock it down. Make it exciting. Everyone, the fun police now, and, you know, I can understand you want to get it down because if it fell on a car, it would probably cause a fair bit of damage, but why don't I have a bit of fun getting it down? I thought you were going to suggest get a young fellow who's quite nimble to climb up there and grab it down himself and just to see if he can match what those drunk guys did. I'm still, I, I still can't logistically get my head around how they got it up there because it's not the easiest climb in the world. Yeah, the things we ponder. Uh, Nobby Clark, interesting week for Nobby. Yes, yes, Nobby and the N-word, um, keeping in the cargo classy as always. The, the mayors have a tradition of this. Um, Nobby used the N-word. Now, the only N-words that Nobby should be using are Nobby and No. And I think as uh, the famous uh, Australian singer Tim Minchin said, um, it should have been something along the lines of only a ginger can call another ginger ginger. But uh, Invercargill, again, in the news for all the wrong reasons. And um, it's good to see that the knobster has doubled down and said that he won't be apologising or doing anything else like that because he doesn't feel he did anything wrong. It seems that we've gone from the the lassitude of Shadbolt to the uh, madness of King Nobby. Zombie viruses, what's this all about? Oh, for God's sake, just when we've got to, you know, we've got through COVID and now there's apparently there's some bloody talk of the bird flu raising its head again and all that sort of thing. There's this mad French bastard called Jean-Michel Clavery who is reanimating zombie viruses from the Siberian permafrost. So Jean-Michel, everyone else is saying, look, we're worried about, you know, uh, the permafrost melting because it's getting warmer and things like that and worried about these things. Oh, Jean-Michel's out again. Ah, there might be a few zombie viruses in there I can have a crack at. So he's reanimating them in the lab, which and I think uh, anyone who's lived through the last three years can see that this is obviously not such a genius idea, and perhaps Jean-Michel should be stopped. 
Yeah, I think it should be stopped. Um, another one as well, the emergency run, the emergency room has been overrun at the moment, local hospital. This is a concern. Yeah, just, I think the, uh, but the mainstream media is getting a wee bit carried away with this. I mean, the reason it's called an emergency department is because it's there for emergencies. And so I think it's one of those things, you can't predict when people are going to get sick. I mean, it's a bit like, uh, well, it's a, pro, a, a poor example, but um, it's a bit like trying to predict how many rugby players you're going to have after Balfour play Blues. Um, you know, how many how many players are going to turn up to training on Tuesday? You just you, you can't predict this, and so for the media to get their their knickers in a twist because you know the emergency departments are overrun, kind of ignores the fact that it's unpredictable. You know, it could be. It could happen in any emergency department at any time, and I think they're just sort of they're, they're ambulance chasing rather than uh, actually looking at the underlying issues. Now, I talked about this with Tarada earlier in the hour, Paddy, about uh, the media. Imagine the media actually not having having to talk good news for a day, no negative news, just focusing on positive news. How would that go? <laughs> Say no more. Um, and just finally, climate strike for schools. This occurred last week, but uh, really interesting or intriguing, to say the least, or a bit concerning, if you ask me. The leader of the march, he wants to tax the rich for to get this money for, for uh, lower socio people to get um, these e-bikes, when um, obviously a standard pushbike isn't going to work for them. It has to be an e-bike. But they're going to tax the rich, but he didn't define what you call rich. Yeah, well, the difficulty, well, the climate strike for schools, or as most school kids call it, PlayStation Day, um, yeah, a, a bunch of entitled uh, young people with a uh, with an axe to grind. Um, the only good thing to come out of it was that the Secretary for Justice, uh, Andrew Kibblewhite, and the uh, Minister for Justice, Kerry Allen, after seeing the performance of these uh, entitled, mainly white young folk, um, have now rapidly backpedaled on anything to do with lowering the voting age because they realise that um, the only people that it's going to benefit are the Green Party. That's pretty much about it, though, isn't it? Why else would the Green Party be pushing for these 16-year-olds to vote? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, it's another mainstream media thing. It's, you know, it's the lowest hanging fruit. They go and jump on it, go, look at these children. Yes, they want to tax the rich. Yes, they want the voting age lowered, everything like that. Then no one actually looked at it and said, hey, out of, you know, 175,000 uh, secondary school kids who could have gone on this march, there were 10,000 or 5,000 or, you know, and, you know, half of them turned up just because their mates were going. And it sounds as though it's the school teachers that are marching next Thursday, though, so the tables have been turned, Paddy. Thanks for your time on the muster, as always. You have a great weekend. Laugh out loud with Ag Proud, because life on the land can be a laughing matter. Laugh out loud with Ag Proud, brought to us by Livestock Supplies. I think I might finally have shut Patrick Lewis up for a moment then. Um, yeah, this is just a stat out of America. 8% of Americans reckon they could beat a lion on a fist fight. Go figure. That's about as opportunistic as somebody being able to say they could staple a pavlova to a tree. Yet to see that. That has been the muster for a Friday afternoon. Thanks for your company. My name is Andy Muir. Uh, thanks to Peter's Genetics. We'll be back on Monday from 1 o'clock. Go the Landers. Beat those Chiefs. When you kiss me, I know you don't